Welcome to episode 152 of the Massas Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Massas Sharply. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Hello. Sorry, I... Made a Cre- lot of noise. Creating an earthquake. I'm just trying to get better in front of the microphone. I How's thought that? your brother was a tidal wave, not you. Well, the, that was his old uh, namesake back in, in the 80s when he liked to make big splashes. He likes to make a splash upon his entrance, if you will, to a swimming pool. But no longer. I think he's I think he's since retired from the... From, from the, the tidal wave? From the tidal wave game. <laughs> from the tidal wave game. It's a young man's game. It's a really young man's is. game. He would... He would um, jump in in a cannonball fashion, you know, where you tuck your, your knees up to your chest and wrap your arms around your shins. That was his style, and he was very proud that of the... That was his finishing move? Of the... Well, I mean... I appreciate if, that you explain what a fucking cannonball is to our numbskull audience. Thank you, sir. Some people don't. Matt I mean, called them numbskulls, just to be... Just to be sure. Wait, wait, wait. I Just to be clear. That's at a little depressed, Matt, everyone. You did with your description of what a cannonball is. Some Everybody knows. don't know. Everybody fucking t- text us, there's a tweet us, there's a difference message between, us. Let us know if you don't know what a cannonball was. There's a difference between helping the audience following follow along by saying Agent 13 is Sharon Carter. She is the niece of... Of Peggy Carter that we've seen on the show. And there's also, this is what a cannonball is. Right. Belittling, belittling the could audience. Have, could have meant the the cannonball. Was that an X-Force character? Cannonball was. It was cannonball an X-Force character. character. But no, I'm talking about the summertime swimming, jumping in a pool maneuver. Not so, the Damien Rice song, Cannonball. No, and certainly not the Burt Reynolds movie, Cannonball Run. <laughs> it's pretty funny, man. Uh, it's a good joke whenever it almost kills one of the hosts of the show. <clears throat> not the first or last time beer will be on my phone. So, why don't we get into tonight's show? We're going to talk about DC unveiling their brand new DC Entertainment logo, which is going to run across all brands. Mm. And then we're going to do the long-awaited... Captain America Civil War review since we finally all saw it. I apologize everyone. So Ian give us some housekeeping. We have a brand new house to keep actually. If you go to mixos.com you'll notice that it's a little different today. We recently refreshed the page, got a brand new look and feel to mixos.com so please honestly go to mixos.com to check out everything um, honest, like from the bottom of my heart, thank you fans for actually giving a shit about what we do here, commenting, liking our stuff, sharing it, preaching the gospel of McSauce everywhere that you go, because if you guys weren't there talking about the page, then we wouldn't have the need to go and get a brand new page for our wares. Um, we changed it around so that the comic strips are front and foremost. You can also scroll down and the podcasts are separated out so you can easily scroll through all the podcasts and reviews. It's a, it's a new page, so there are some things that are needing of tweaking. Um, we also have on the side panel Paul and myself. We're going to get Matt on there. 
as well for the tweets. Matt, I know you don't really tweet all that much, but we're gonna get you we're gonna get you in the tweeting game. So if you go to I read tweets. You do read tweets? <clears throat> you retweet. Read tweets. You read tweets. Okay. And retweet a bit, but not much. Okay. I'll get there. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. So yeah, go to the brand new mixos.com. Big thank you to Nathan Schwartz of clicknathan.com, who was the person in charge of redesigning and shifting over our old content into our new platform. So clicknathan.com for any of your website needs. He was a really awesome dude to work with, Pittsburgh-based designer that really helped us out with uh, some of the things that we needed. So uh, check out clicknathan.com as well as mixsauce.com for all of your podcasting needs. And uh, let's let's jump into uh, some DC DC logo business, right? DC <clears throat> yes lifted uh, the curtain on their new uh, new logo today. Surprisingly, did any of you guys know that this was happening? It was kind of a shock to me. Yeah, no idea, no idea this was going on. I, I don't think they tipped their hands at all that they were going ahead with um, with new branding. They seem pretty committed to the DC fold-over flap logo <clears throat> that they had been using recently. And you guys were not a big fan of that logo. I didn't have a big problem with it. I actually like that logo in motion a lot. You see it at the end of Supergirl. You see it at the end of all the DC products, Arrow, Flash, and I think it works well in motion in a similar vein to the way that the Marvel Flipping Pages works. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it worked in that aspect really well um it allowed for dc to change everything up you know make it uh specific to whatever property it was gonna it was it was gonna be on but there was like i I don't know if it's because when i started reading dc or you know when i was a kid dc always had the round circular bullet logo with the stars around the thick outline with just the standard dc in the middle uh, this new logo is very similar to that circle, big DC in the middle. So it kind of hints hints back at the good old days of the DC logos I liked. Uh, the I, I didn't have a, have a problem with the flap logo really. Um, <coughs> DC's always changed their logos. <coughs> DC and Marvel are kind of like a Coke and Pepsi. Uh, dynamic logo wise where Pepsi has always changed their logo and Coke's pretty much just been the script the entire time. Same with Marvel and DC. DC has always changed their logos and Marvel has pretty much always been the red block with the bold Marvel in it. So it's not... Mm. No? No, not really. Uh, I did say pretty much. I gave myself a qualifier. (laughs) When when Ian and I got into comics, the logo was a was a big fat M, um, and then oh, really yeah, and then the uh, the word comics like in a comic so rolled across, the across the bottom. I feel okay. like it was in like <clears throat> most of the time it was in like yellow or something like that. But um, then they kind of transitioned and they did uh, uh, like Marvel, and then had that scroll comics, and then right. the Marvel that you see in the big bold has been the one that. 
really ever since they got into the movie business with like X-Men kind of around that era is when you started seeing the, the red square with just the, the Marvel font written written across it. But the biggest thing is that they've kept that logo in that branding for since the X-Men movie. But isn't movie. that what they started with and then they got to like the big M and eventually uh, like... I, I, I'm not 100% sure but um, uh, we'll find out for you folks. I feel like at least in the 90s there was a the Marvel the Marvel font that you see that you would recognize was at the top of the M with the comic scroll and then they transitioned to sort of slice that bottom half off with the films and everything that they have going forward so it's very very similar to what you see today whereas DC has <clears throat> DC has changed their logo an awful lot in a short span of time and I think that's the biggest thing that I'm having a problem with is that we've seen four DC logos in the past what 15 years yeah yeah so that that seems like an awful lot to me yeah I think the only company that changes their logo more than DC comics is Doritos oh look out pal so here's the thing Doritos fans that's at Lil Depressed Matt <laughs> so cool Ranch Nation rise up <laughs> Fuck, you had no Cool Ranch Nation. It didn't exist. That's very true. I'm on an island. Cool Ranch Island. Here's the thing in defense of DC changing their logo. Their old bullet logo that we all know and love, which I feel the one with the four stars, is probably their best logo ever. And that actually started in 1974. So that existed from 1974 until 2005. That's like 31 years. yeah. So I mean that's a brand. That's iconic. That that's that's an identity. Right. And then they had from 2005 to 2012 the DC with just the one star and the swoosh. And that was pretty good, but I really feel like the the previous one, the, the four star logo was kind of the one that that captured uh, the DC brand. And what's the reasoning that they went away from that? You you touched on it a little bit there, Matt, when you called it the bullet logo, which is, which is what it is. It's supposed to uh, symbolize detective comics, noir, bullets. And they I feel like they moved away from that because it some fans feel like it's synonymous with bullets or whatever like the washington bullets and it's too violent but i don't think that anyone would anyone in pop culture would actually know did that did you say some fans like are there real fans that don't like that that are just like no 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 no, 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 i can read comics about people getting murdered and things but the logo whoo no people would move away the the corporate identity would move away from it because it is referred to as the bullet logo right that's what we think of it as the bullet logo yeah i think that's just what we call it um i mean but why do we call it that because originally when it looked more like a bullet it was a bullet logo but i think the four star but um but it was always just the circular back end of the bullet it wasn't like the washington bullet which even that wasn't a bullet it was hands and why is and a, a basketball and why is a bullet negative 
Um, I mean, I, because it kills people. <laughs> oh. It does a lot of things. It does a lot of things. It's multifaceted. Right. It kills people. It shoots holes through lots of places things. and things. Not it kills animals. People. It right. destroys property. It creates, it it, creates very uh, thin beams of light to um, like create barriers between you and an approaching vampire if it happens to be the morning. That's it right. does really badass things in the 90s, like the corn video. Uh, directed by um, Todd McFarlane. This house is uh, resident Todd McFarlane, right? Absolutely. Why is a bullet a bad thing? Go to hell. <laughs> Seriously. It's a bullet. Kills people. So the fuck what? It protects people. It doesn't have... So what does, they call it? The, yeah, it does protect people. There's it does you know, protect a positive people. side of all that shit. But this is not the McSauce political podcast. It isn't... What? When did politics enter it? Or bullets Well, we got to, to talking about like the good and bad aspects of what I think that's why my, my reason for bringing any of the bulletness of the logo up is because I think that that's why they moved away from the logo. Yeah. They that, had it yeah, for exactly 30 why they plus moved years. Away from it because in the and I think it's climate, nonsense. It's iconic. It's, it's the logo that we all think of when we think of DC. It, same reason Washington are now the Wizards. Fucking gay. I said that to be politically incorrect as well. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, so the fuck what? So they're the bullets. Fucking get a pair and fucking deal with it. But you're going to be okay. Okay. This aside, logo, right. nor are the basketball team going to fucking shred your flesh and kill you. Right. You're going to be okay. But here's, here's the main thing, though. It doesn't even look like a bullet and hasn't. Since what, like the '30s, like right. it's just a circle now. It never really, it's never looked like. I could kind of see it. I could no, kind of see it in the old iterations, you know, like okay, the way that the text wraps around it, you could almost see like that's a stylized version. But like the one, really, the one when they introduced Superman as the as the logo, um, ever since then, it has never resembled a bullet. And the longest standing logo was the one from 1974, which is the best one. And um, what I do like about the new logo is that it kind of retains those letter forms a little bit. Um, it kind of fattened them up a little, like kind of stretched them, like it took them in Adobe Illustrator and just stretched them. And uh, I don't know if I love that, but um, it's certainly better than the than the peel back sticker thing that they introduced in 2012. Paul, I was surprised to hear you say I didn't have a problem with that. I thought that when that came out, when uh, Rebirth came or not Rebirth, um, the new 52, new 52 came out, I believe that happened at issue number seven. For those of you keeping track at home, uh, it was. I thought the the general reaction from fans everywhere, including us here, was pretty negative. Like we. None of us liked it. Well, I, I think that I was the only one who... I don't know if we were doing podcasts when it was um, we were not introduced, doing, not but yet. I don't. I never had a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it today. I have more I've heard a, your complaints about it, and I've, I respectfully The problem I had with it was that it was such a quick change from the star with the trail behind it, because that was... A logo that you were able to animate, I think at that point they were like, Marvel's doing this really cool flipping pages thing. We need something that we can really, 
make a statement with with our brand and you saw whenever the fucking 30 seconds that they use this logo you saw you know the star would go around the dc and land and there would be a flash and it was still circular. But it's so stupid because can't you do the exact same kind of stuff? Like, couldn't you have, With I don't the know, like a, like a bullet going right through all the pages of the comic books? Yeah, yeah, you you absolutely could. But, like, they didn't give the they didn't give the Star Trail logo a chance. And all of a sudden, they were doing the, the folding, the flop over flop thing. Flop pages. And it was fine. I think maybe by this point I was I'm just used to what, it. What was your I I I forget because I don't listen to you guys. What was your biggest gripe about the flipping pages of the DC lo- the flop page DC well, logo? Well, I mean, when you look at the the series of DC logos, you can see an evolution, right? You can kind of except for that weird Superman one, there was an evolution. That one just came uh-huh. out of nowhere. It retained none of the elements that made that logo the icon that it was, uh, number one. Number two, it didn't look like... I understand page turning is like a thing, you know, it's about comic books, but that didn't look like page turning. It looked like a, a sticker peeling back. Mm. And um, to me, I don't think it looked like a D, and unless you knew what it was, you don't know that that's a DC logo. Um, I don't think that that branding... Uh, well, they always represent- had- DC, DC Comics at the bottom. Them. It did. Um, I don't think that that brand represented uh, comic books either. Like, the whole idea is pages, so it's trying to, like, stay true to its roots about, you know, the comic page. But it looked like a regular book publishing company. Like, it should be alongside Penguin Publishing or something. I agree with what you said about the evolution of the logo. It is the one, if you look at the logos all matched up side by side by side, it is the one logo that jumps out as something that, even the new one that they're like calling back to all the great DC logos, um, that one does pull a lot of things out of it. And, and the star logo with the swoop and the star does maintain some semblance of typeface and history with it. So I agree with you on that. It This is the one that does kind of abandon all of the other iterations of the DC um, past. So I agree with that. I, I, I don't know about the whole book publishing thing and and the sticker well, thing. The, I mean, that's funny, but I don't think it's a bad The biggest logo. problem with it is, in general, when you look at logo design, it needs to be able to stand on its own in black and white. Not great and it scale, can't. Yeah, I agree with white. that and it as can't well. Because... That logo is like 90% gradients. And it just doesn't have the same it's not it's not bold. It's not strong. It doesn't have the simple lines. Like it just It can't stand alone without the DC Entertainment or DC Comics either. I agree with that as well. Yeah, it just wasn't all that great. And over the years I've gotten used to it. I really would have wished that it kept the star logo. Like you know, kind of neat. It, I it do was, like this. It was an updated version of the Bolo logo with the four stars around it. I so. do like this logo in motion, though. Like I said, at the end of Supergirl, when they peel, they do the motion where they peel back the cover and Supergirl pops out of the logo. Like, that's fucking fun. Like, that's exactly what they wanted, what they were griping about that they didn't have. And that's the kind of thing... 
that was cool, but you can also do that with the old school bullet logo. You just have to have some goddamn imagination yeah, yeah, to work you with fun. your iconic you logo ways. that you've had for 30 years. Come on, So, man. the new logo, I'm on board. It's bold. 76? It's simple. It's two colors, big bold DC. Circle around it, hearkening back to all the old school. To that one DC that they had logos. for, like, fucking four years or whatever. Yeah, so, Ugh. you know, it's kind of modern. There's, you know, some interesting angles on the letters that I probably would have just left as plain letters. But, you know, heaven forbid, you know, anyone be able to just leave anything without making it their own. So, you understand why people do that, though, right? Yeah, because they're assholes. Because they want to make their mark on things. Fuck that. I mean, yeah, I mean, do do these letters really need the those little the little points inside the D and inside the C? I don't think so. I mean, just make it fucking collegiate or whatever fucking fun. Inside the D, inside the the circle around it, you're done. Inside the D is a callback to the newer star logo deal. Is it? I'm looking at it. Did you read that somewhere? I'm looking at it, but it's only one point. Like, how, how the fuck would anyone know that? Because I'm looking at them side that's by like, side. That's like that ridiculous Todd McFarlane drawn Edmonton Oilers logo where there's five rivets on the logo I'm representing just... the five Stanley Cups. Well, guess what, moron? If you're not an Oilers fan and don't know they won five Stanley Cups, that means nothing to you. They say that this is calling, this is harkening back to the DC logos of the past. Th- that inside swoopy thing is a callback to a recent DC logo. I'm just taking what they said and applying it to the design that they have. Well, why aren't there other callbacks in that logo? The circle is a callback to all the logos that they've ever had besides the flipping pages one. The circle is a callback. Well, yeah, I get that. The the, the thing's clearly a callback. Pull pull up the old ones. But there are no other points of the star like i mean just looking at that and but it, that's the just one mirrors that's, the c it's just it's one the same th- angle so it's not like here's part of the star here's the other part i'm just now saying you get it it's i'm just star. saying it's one part the circle is a callback to every other yeah, logo that yeah, they yeah. ever had DC, the 1972 the one is e- yeah i get it they're taking pieces it. in bits and pieces and putting into this logo. Yeah, but I... Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I'm okay. on board. I'm totally on board with that, but I feel like this could have been even more simplified to where a couple of the little pieces of this logo in 10 years, like, we may look at it and be like, that's totally from 2016. In 10 years, this logo is going to be changed well, three In three times, years, man. this logo is going to be yeah. changed. Like, that's... But, the, like, that, like, you want a logo that's going to stand the test of time. Like the fucking bullet logo. A bullet stands the test of time. You know why? Because you're fucking dead. That's why. Like Nike's logo. That's the kind of fucking shit you you want. Like Adidas's logo. You want shit that's going to last. And they had an opportunity here just to put DC in a circle and just fucking roll. Just roll. Make that your logo. Because a lot of times a logo isn't the logo until everyone gets familiar with it. This, I'm sure a ton of times in Nike's history, at some point, someone was like, we got to change this shit, we got to change this shit. And someone was like, oh, everyone's got to get it. Just give it a few years. And now, that logo is forever. This is how you you take back the old logo and you refresh it a little bit. 
It's me getting on my knife to stab you. <laughs> I don't even know why you're disappointed. So, like, just take the outline off the DC and be like, this is our new logo. You know what I mean? Like, just take this. Yeah, I know. And take the outline off. I know. And, like, and get get crazy with it and be like, this is a new Simple Fly logo. It's so great. It it's so streamlined. Like, it doesn't but it's have the old have, one. It doesn't have to have so much, so many little facets happening. It can be... It can be more simplified and still stand for the brand that they're trying to promote. Do we want to talk Captain America Civil War? We can. I, mean, I, I, I like some. the logo as it is, Do honestly. You? Oh, no. If I'm going to have to argue. If I was going to change anything... Here I would, we go. I would, Fuck. I would maybe get rid of the the little points on the but insides Matt, of the logo. those are representative of all the former DC logos that have ever been used. I'm, I'm just saying that that's what they said. I, I would maybe get rid of those, but um, other than that, I think the letter forms are great. The only other thing I would do is kind of close the gap between the letters a little bit. Paul, it's a design term. What's that called? The kerning? There you go. Kerning. We're all designers on this podcast, by the way. We all have degrees. So this isn't something that we're just talking out our asses with, like usual. We actually know this Yeah, this stuff. is like, if you're going to pay attention... You should have been paying attention the last 15 minutes. Yeah, in the coming moments of the podcast, this is where you can roll your eyes and be like, you guys are morons. <laughs> but we legit know this stuff. We do. So, listeners, dear listeners, Ian took a little bathroom break, so until he comes back, we're going to talk logo a little bit more. And what I want to say is that I think the old logo, the, the peel-back sticker one, is so... Like, it's the one that doesn't fit with the evolution of DC Comics. Like, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. It never belonged. It was some kind of bullshit imposter logo that somehow found itself on the cover of all the comics. I'm like, what is this doing here? Because when that logo was designed, it was it was the logo of DC Entertainment. I understand. It was supposed to cover all the brands, and we need to use this. It needs to be versatile to work on the books and the movies and the TV shows. And we need to be able to put this thing everywhere. But that's not what... That shouldn't be the goal of your company's logo. I agree. But Ian's back, so let's talk Civil War. Paul, did you eventually drag yourself out to the theater to take a look at one of the bigger movies of this? I did. I really did. Yeah, you did? I did, and boy, am I glad I did. Uh-oh. I don't understand Bear, how, the lead. Um, I don't understand how our friend uh, Matt Walker could watch Civil War and then sit through Batman v Superman. Had I watched them in that order, I would have walked out of Batman v Superman because Civil War was so entertaining and so fun and so good. It's everything I wanted. Well, gee, out of a comic book movie. Gee, Paul, why don't you give it a score? You're just going right for the jugular. Yeah, just score it now. What do you want? I'm not what here to build suspense. You want a dark world? Go ahead. Give it a dark world. I'm not no, going to give it a 10, right? you fucking maniac. No, 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 a dark world's a 9. It's a 9. That's a Deadpool. By the way, also... Which was insane. Did you give it a 9? You gave Deadpool a 9? It was, it was fun and exactly what I thought that movie could be. We've been scoring for a long time now. We're, we're, 
uh, mature in the ways of scoring. Mature. <laughs> I always like that hard mature. team. Mature. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty good. Dark World was the first fucking movie we you ever scored, saw. That's why that we ever so scored. You know, nothing I'm else to balance it against. And I will never. Somebody, somebody that I didn't know that listened to the podcast gave me shit about the fucking Dark World score the other day. Right, God damn show. it! Well, the other day, recently. Yes, within the past two weeks, somebody that I didn't know listened to the show. It's like, oh, it's not, Don't. you know, it's not Thor the Dark World, all sheepish and shit. <laughs> what the oh. hell? Love it. Yeah. So, Civil War was pretty good. Yeah. It was a pretty... You, you evaded the score thing, though. Pretty good movie. No, um, save the score for the end. Save it for the end. We'll save, we'll save it for the end. I liked, I liked an awful lot about this movie, and... Um, I haven't read any reviews. I haven't listened to any podcast reviews. That's amazing in the month that um, it took you to go see this. It took me thing. less than a week. When it came out last Thursday. More than a week. No. No, it came out Thursday. This is Tuesday. It, right? The Thursday before. Yeah. Did it really? Mm. It took me two weeks? Mm. Yep. I'm a horrible comic book fan. Yeah. Well, and and a horrible more, counter as well. well yeah, horrible math has never been my strong suit. And this a horrible no podcast host as well. So <gasps> there are those things. How dare you? Uh, it was re- it, it was good. I haven't oh, read okay, any reviews. So I haven't. You I liked haven't it. What did you like thing? about? Well, it? Let's go. Yeah, with what that. was what was working for you? This is a terrible review. Everything this, by was the way. working for me. Like I yeah. feel like at some point this week I'm gonna get to the review podcast and some other review articles and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah. I guess that really was kind of, kind of a stretch. But spoiler after, alert: you won't because it's all been positive in the two weeks that you've been in your fucking coma, <clears throat> Rip Van McGinty. After yeah, I mean, watching it last night, like I was trying to think about what shit that I didn't like about it because I don't like to talk about things that I like. I like to rip things apart, and there really wasn't a lot to rip apart. I mean, mm-hmm. if if you take Vision out of the movie entirely, I'm okay with that. I don't need the Vision at all. He's not interesting. He's not compelling. Like, I don't give a shit about his plight. I think it's kind of funny when he wears normal clothes. Right. It's fine. But right. don't He's care. super powerful, but he's in, like, a fucking cardigan. Super powerful, but he doesn't, like, I feel like... He can't I feel understand like, what a pinch is, and that's funny. Yeah, and, like, I, I like how sensitive he is to Scarlet Witch because they're kind of feeling the same thing about her powers and the gem that's in his head. And, like, I like I like the character. I like him. I like the way Paul Bettany plays him. But ultimately, I'm just not fucking interested. When uh, Black Panther was on screen, I was engaged. When Winter Soldier's on screen, Cap's on screen, I am engaged. I'm ready to go. Spider-Man... Ant-Man, flawless. I am ready. I'm, give me more of this. And then they cut the vision, and I'm like, can we get back to someone I fucking care about? Can we get back to General Ross? Or even Hawkeye? Or Rhodey? The vision? That just wasn't feeling it. 
right, so that's the one thing he didn't like. That's the one thing he didn't like vision, vision. which was actually pretty good to normal people. But I don't know why he had a problem. Did you like Vision? Yeah, I did like Vision. Did you you want more Vision? I liked Vision from Age of Ultron. I thought he was good in small doses here. Yeah, I thought he was good. He was fine. They they explored a little bit of that weirdo relationship as much as you can in a Disney film with him and Scarlet Witch. Makes sense. Um... I like, yeah, I, I really like that. I like the talk they had in the kitchen. It's on this emotional level about how they're both handling things and, you know, he he can't eat. And, like, I like that, but something I'm, like, I just, all right, get, let's get to, get to other stuff. But they did. It's not like they hung on Vision for oh, a long no. time. Oh, no, and that's, that's why, that's why this movie was really good. They didn't hang on the bad stuff. I thought... Baron Zemo Jr. was interesting. I thought his storyline worked. I thought there were maybe a few... Maybe they were trying to juggle too much. But everything kind of came together in the end. I thought we were going to get another big set piece where Cap, Iron Man, and Bucky have to fight the five other Winter Soldiers at the end. And I'm like, how do you get bigger than the airport fight? Well, because you get smaller. Because you get more intimate. You get personal. And where we talked about how we knew beat for beat what Batman v Superman was going to be. We also had a little bit of a glimpse of that with this movie, but I think it worked to its favor because when Iron Man shows up, you know in your head, oh, well, wait, there's still this knockdown, drag out, blood fight that happens. How do we get there? There's even a point before that where I was like, this was a pretty big trailer piece. Did they just fucking do that for the trailer and they're totally fucking Did with you us? Did you really and think we're not that? See that? Did you really think that? As I a, mean, the movie's called. As Tomb a veteran moviegoer, like yeah. the scene where Iron Man simultaneously fighting Cap and Bucky, I knew we were gonna see it at some point. But at the same time, like we had gone through this whole throwdown with both teams of Avengers fighting each other, and we didn't see that scene yet. And I was like, would they be fucking ballsy enough to do this? And the way Marvel's been making movies? Maybe. No, dude, that's crazy. There's no way that they were going to have a set piece where, you know, Winter Soldier's throwing the shield up and they're, like, trading punches. But but it's just that one, it's just that one, like, I don't even know if it's ten second bit. Like, you you can put in, you know, the bit where Cap's like, I can do this all day. That's a gigantic bit, man. I mean, that's a whole. That, that's the heart of the trailer, we dude. Don't, but we don't even know if he's talking to Tony. Like you can cut that. He can be talking to. We Tony. do because the background. You know that that's where yeah, it's set but, at. Right. There are a lot of yes. They establishing to, shots. Right. They went to the place where they kept the hidden Winter Soldiers, and he could be saying that to Zemo Junior. He could be saying that to one of the other the other dudes. No, it was blatant in that trailer that Matt... Dude, it's insane to think that. No, I mean, I don't, clearly don't think it's insane to think that. I would like a second opinion. Maybe I'll remember that. That they would cut... No, no. (laughs) That they would cut that that way? That's insane, dude. It's fucking nuts. My my point is that they did enough with trailers and enough with the plot of the movie and the way they put the movie together that... I did have questions about where we were going after the big fight. I wasn't like, okay, here's what's next. 
But the fact that you would go, oh, marketing cut out this gigantic chunk of the movie is insane. My thought was, no, not how whole... do we get, how do we move the story along to get to the point where Tony's not going to give a fuck and he's going to go at these dudes hard and try to kill them? You said you were saying that they were cutting it out. No, I, I was saying they, they cut out the they I was saying they digitally did that ten second piece where it's the three of them fighting. And then everything around that is built around the final act, but it's not actually those three fighting. Like that was just for the trailer. I clearly I was I'm not saying that that's absolutely what they did. But there was a point where, what I'm saying is, they left you guessing enough that I was like, these dudes are getting ballsy. Matt, please weigh in. I don't even know if I know what you're saying, Paul. But I'm going to try to tell you what my opinion is, and then you guys can determine who it lines up with. Um, So we we know that trailers... uh, have a tendency to cut things from the movie in a certain way to make you think that they're talking about, you know, one certain thing, but the sequences that they put together don't really go together the way that they do in the trailer, so you think that it's something different. Whether that's, you know, Captain America talking to Iron Man, but in reality he was talking to Zemo, whatever. Um, That happens all the time. Paul, is that what you were saying you thought maybe happened? Or are you saying that they actually created the fight sequence between Iron Man versus Bucky and Cap specifically for the trailer just to throw you off the scent? Yes. Not, but I'm not, I I was never, yeah, give me big eyes, that's fine. But I was never completely (coughs) married. Excuse me. Crazy eyes, because I'm looking at a crazy person. Right, but it, I was never completely in married Ian's, to that. In Ian's defense, he has large eyes. He does. I, I do. So as the I made them bigger. As the final act of the movie starts progressing, and we hadn't seen that scene from the trailer yet, <laughs> after we had already seen the big the big throwdown, the huge, big, massive throwdown between the teams. I thought, you know what? Maybe Marvel's ballsy enough that they had this. Oh. They put this together. They didn't use it. Okay. They, they you, use it for the trailer. You've said enough. So, you know, you're, you're, right. you're fucking insane because it's the craziest got, thing that I've ever heard. You numbskulls know what I'm getting at. I know what you're getting Ish. at, but I, you're smarter than that. You know that the final battle had to be Iron Man and Captain America. That's what the whole thing was was boiling to that specific right. point. And I'm not saying that, that is a bigger deal than the two armies at the airport fighting each other. Yeah. This was the part that And mattered. I'm not saying that I absolutely thought they did that. And then when I saw it in the movie, I was surprised. Like it was just a, a hint of question about where this is going because okay, maybe Marvel a hint. was I'll able give you a hint. Because but, Marvel was able to put together the trailers and everything in such a way that we didn't have the entire movie laid out let me, in front of us. Let me say, it was, that was enjoyable for me. Let me say this. In your defense, Marvel is guilty of this. And I agree with you partially. And what you're saying right now is totally insane. But Marvel, Marvel does exclude and take things out of their trailers. They did take out things in this trailer. Because if you look at the groups of 
heroes running at each other in the trailers, Spider-Man is not included in that in Iron Man's group, and he clearly is in the movie, and they purposefully took him out. So Marvel yeah. is not like perhaps he was digitally inserted because, as we all know, he was nothing but CGI. The whole well, time. they had to do was take that one like cell of animation, like right off. They just had to swipe it right Did off. Anyone else just basically so, peel it away like the DC logo, if you will. like a sticker, if you will. So Paul, in your Balls out, batshit, crazy fucking notion you know that they would. I mean. You know what I mean? <laughs> sort of. But Marvel does tamper with their trailers, so. And, in a way. And not that it's Marvel. In a way, you're right, dude. But the, I lose. The you Fantastic win. Four movie was missing oh. a lot of shit. Oh, dare you. The Fantastic Four movie not was missing. Not your fucking girlfriend. You don't pull that card. Yeah. <laughs> so, about, anyway, you really liked what it. What about Fantastic Four movie? Oh, you're going to listen now? Actually, I'm going to go pee. So, the, oh, good. So maybe I'll get a fucking word in it. Oh, so, never mind. <laughs> Let God. me sit back in, down. It was the, this was the craziest thing that I've ever heard. Please go pee. In the Fantastic Four trailer, we got a lot of stuff in that trailer that didn't end up in the final movie. Now, I realize it's 20th Century Fox, not the same movie studio, but there's definitely stuff that you'll see in trailers that just don't end up in the movie. Or even in the Star Wars trailer, when Kylo Ren is crawling yeah. through the woods. I haven't watched all of the deleted scenes, but is that one of them? Because, I mean... No, it's j it was just a different take. To me, that was one of the more impactful totally moments agree. of I, that trailer, I, right? I, I, I hate that I'm missing that. Yeah, I hate it's not in the movie. It, like, how did that not end up in the movie? That was super cool looking. That's him escaping, escaping Starkiller Base and looking for them and how the hell did he get out in the woods even. It's just an establishing shot, but it's the coolest establishing shot of mm -hmm. all time. Yeah. Where you, you're in the woods in the winter with somebody with a new lightsaber and the way that it sparks up, like it, it was just so cool. And it's a shame that, like, may, maybe that's where these insane theories come from. And I blame, I blame Disney and Lucasfilm now. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, I half agree with what he was saying, Paul. When you go back and listen to this, I half agree with you, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, to think that they specifically created that fight sequence just for a trailer, that, that just was that was just silly. So, um, Ian, did you like this movie as much as Paul did? Yeah, I liked it a great deal. I thought that it it did a lot of things really well. It was um it was cool to see this film balance a bunch of different characters in the way that I thought uh, Age of Ultron failed. It had just as many, if not more, heroes to fold into the mix mm -hmm. and make important, and it did it way better than I thought that Age of Ultron. Yeah, did but it. but it it had the luxury of not having to establish much. Um, you know, can the, we fault these Marvel movies or any movie moving forward in the fact that they've already established before? No, I'm not faulting it. I'm just saying it had that advantage um, over maybe Age of Ultron a bit um, because as much as I didn't like Ultron, um, I do think that they established Ultron better than they established Nemo. You know, f getting into the things that I didn't like, mm -hmm. 
which is a, a very common thread in Marvel movies, the villain, I thought, kind of stunk. Um, his motivations were interesting. Uh, I thought that the way that he kind of made his machinations happen was kind of interesting, but he himself was not all that interesting. I didn't like that he wasn't Baron Zemo. Um, he was in no way threatening or even like scary, which I, I feel like, you know, a villain maybe should should be. I see what you're saying, but I think that he was understated, maybe not purposefully, but the scope of this movie was branded as the Civil War. It's the fight between two factions Agreed. of these heroes. And I think that the fact that Zemo was, um, he was successful, whereas all these other thin Marvel villains have not been. This this character, <laughs> hi Paul, this character was success, successful in what he set out to do, which was, Jesus Christ, please open that beer. He was successful. He he accomplished what he set out to do. He did in the end, even whenever there. Uh, David, or who is it? That it's not David Tennant. It's uh, um, geez, what's his name from The Hobbit? The Hobbit and uh, he's fuck. Why am I? I'm, <laughs> I don't know. He's fucking John Watson. He's super. He's Bilbo he, Baggins. He's. The super famous actor that all of you are screaming at us to remember right now. Whenever he's like, Dad, yeah. the, you know, I hope I hope your plan worked out. You know, how do you feel right now? And he was like, well, you know, you failed, blah, blah, blah. Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. Jesus Holy Christ. Shit. From fucking Fargo. Um, he was We're like, you, your plan failed. Blah. And he was like, did it fail? And it didn't. He, he broke the Avengers apart. He put half of them in the raft. He was more successful than any other Marvel villain has ever been. He's very understated, but I think he was effective as a villain. Perhaps. Um, I mean, spoilers. All the Avengers broke out by the end of it, so they what? were still out there to help. And let's face it, the next movie that we see with the Avengers is going to be Infinity War when they all come back together to fight as one again. So there's going to be, like, no downtime where they're not one, you know, force. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Martin Freeman kind of had him there. Well, no, I mean, that's not right. The next Marvel movie that we're going to see is Doctor Strange. We're going to see that. I didn't say the next Marvel movie. I said the next Marvel movie with all the Avengers. All the Avengers. I don't know. What What would... I don't think they're even going to be in Ragnarok. Would, would they be in... Um, would they maybe be... Well, I know that... We have a confirmation that Iron Man's going to be in Spider-Man. Do you think that they would be in um, that? It, what's coming out first, Spider-Man or Infinity War? Spider-Man. Isn't that next year? I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so we talked a little bit about things that we didn't like. Spider-Man Spider Homecoming is 2016. That's this That's year? That's this year. 20, it, sorry, 2017. Infinity, Por Infinity War Part 1 is 2018. Okay. We talked a little so bit Spider -Man's about... Spider-Man is going to be out first. We talked a little bit about the things that we didn't like. You didn't like the thin villain in this, uh, Matt. Paul, you didn't like the marketing ruse. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Marvel trickery. <laughs> what are some things that we did like? What was... 
Let's let's talk. The fans like to hear what our favorite things are about the movies that we watch, the TV shows, the comic books. You know, what's the, your favorite thing, Paul? You know what the fans like? The fans like my favorite thing was what your least favorite thing was. You don't know what my least favorite thing was, Tell me. but go ahead. No, go ahead. Tell me, no, tell me what your favorite. <laughs> my least favorite. It's gonna thing. be for sake of the podcast. My least favorite. It's not even. It's not even. Ah, uh, I think. I think my. Favorite it's the thing, thing that I com- complained about beforehand. But go ahead. I think my favorite thing was Captain America. Was Steve Rogers? Uh, I'll surprise you with my favorite thing. But go ahead. Chris Evans was fucking awesome. Uh, the scene. The scene in the trailer that they didn't hide from us. When he's holding on to the helipad and he's, he's marketing ninja, fun, he's holding the helicopter. He's bringing a helicopter back down like it was so fucking cool in the trailer. And then when that entire scene goes down in the movie, like it's just so badass. And like Cap is so fucking cool in that movie. And yeah, he's the big blue boy scout of the Marvel universe, and he's his his morals are uncompromising. But like, you like your heroes to be heroes. He, yes, he was the hero's hero in this movie. And the Russos did such a great job making it a Captain America movie. And even at the very end, he gets the last say when it's like, yeah, motherfuckers, I'm here breaking my boys out of the raft. Like, he was so fucking good. The The stuff with him and Sharon Carter and that romance, I'm like, fucking... Yes, that romance Get Star felt Joe a little out of here. No, that romance no, feels a little forced. It. The ScarJo, no, 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 no. Black Widow stuff makes much more sense. It doesn't. Well, okay. yeah, it does. It, it doesn't to somebody that doesn't like Scarlett Johansson's general look. No, no, no. That has nothing to nothing to do with it. Okay, talk to me like I don't know that it does. Go ahead. That doesn't. I think she's fucking hot. I no, don't you don't. Go now. No, you don't. I don't. Go watch. Go watch. Uh, what the fuck is that movie with her and Bradley Cooper where she fucks him in his office? She's super hot in that movie, and Scarlett Johansson is hot. But I like the fact that Sharon Carter and Cap come together slowly. You get a little bit of them, and and Winter Soldier, then you get more of them in this one, and it feels, it felt more natural to me. Okay. Like I don't know why they keep pushing the supposed love triangle with uh with Black Widow, especially after the Cause heavy because it, make, it makes stuff with Black Widow and Bruce Banner in the that last That was movie. that was the and first part. That's what's like, oh you're sad. I just want to be here for you. Nice. No, because that's the stuff that makes sense. The forced nonsense with the Hulk is the stuff that kinda doesn't make a lot of sense. Anyhow my least I, I like the Cap Sharon Carter business, it did. It felt like the way they the way they treated it, the way because you know through this entire time, they've been working together, but they haven't been that close together. And all of a sudden, you know, you see them getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer. She's helping him out. Like it really worked. Like the and at that point, you realize the Cap Black Widow relationship is a bros working relationship. We are soldiers together. Like, this is not something, like, the, the Sharon Carter relationship is something that just naturally comes about. Like, oh, I love your grandmother or your aunt, your great aunt, so now I'm going to have sex with you. 
That's natural. A little piece of the family. Jesus. But yeah, Cap Captain America was fucking awesome. Like I really liked First Avenger. I love Winter Soldier. Uh, Captain America's costume in the first Avengers movie was so fucking dog shit. I'm glad they got a nice combo of you know modernizing the first the first Avenger costume for this one. He looked great. He fought great. I love the little nod Spider-Man gives about that shield denies physics because it fucking does because it's comics and movies. That's what happens. But yeah, my favorite part Do, was Can we even great. count this as the first, like, like, does this still count as a Captain America movie? Because it feels like this is one of the first trilogy movie, the third piece of the trilogy that was the best piece of it to me. But I, I'm kind of hesitant to call it a Captain America movie because this was really Avengers three. Oh yeah, it it was Avengers three, and it was also it felt like it, it's a step into we're not making individual character trilogies anymore we are just making <clears throat> movies about this with, group of people yeah and that's what i thought too and if this is the path they need to take to get into this world to that whenever these new movies come out they're ensemble marvel pieces i mean that's fine so long as they're done you know correctly because this movie was great Matt, do you want to give your favorite piece of the movie? Or? Quiet over there. I want to let you guys talk. Mm, of course. This is a conversation, Matt. You're always welcome. You can jump in and jump out anytime you want. That's not you don't have true. A... You're kind of full of shit with that, but that's okay. Don't need an invitation anytime you want. So, um, I think my favorite uh, stuff, Paul, I would agree, was the, was the Captain America stuff. He was... Um, better than ever and he's been pretty much awesome in everything but uh this movie just kind of like got him it got the character um it was it was kind of cool to see the winter soldier and him fighting as as you know allies although a little bit of a bummer to see winter soldier reduced to like a, just another avenger um because he was such a scary bad guy uh, and such an effective bad guy in Winter Soldier. Um, but, you know, that's what happens to this particular character. Well, he was still an effective bad guy for a little pieces bit. in this one. But but he was never as scary in this one as he was in the Winter Soldier movie. Um, this movie had so many just awesome moments... Um, the least of which was the airport battle. I, I actually feel like it was a spectacle and it was fun to see, but it lacked the the intensity and the um, I don't know the maybe just the intensity is the word I'm looking for uh, of like other sequences in the movie, like when Cap fights Bucky and or when Bucky and Cap fight Iron Man at the very end. Um, because like, they're like, Hey, we're still friends. Right. And like, you know, you use the term civil war. Okay. I don't think when the Confederates were fighting the union in the civil war, they were like, Hey, we're still like going to get a beer after this battle. Right. It was vicious. It was intense and it was filled with hatred. Yeah. But that's, that's a specific example between 
two people who have been fighting side by side for a long time. And it's and it's no, I, it's I know highlighting by Scarlet Witch coming in and taking out Black Widow and be like, hey, Clint, you're pulling your punches, asshole. Showing that there are many sides to this fight. Like everyone you know, was pulling their punches. There was there was never like intent to <clears throat> fucking hurt somebody. Unless it was, it was Black Panther and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Or Black right. Panther and anyone really, because he's going after what he wants. The right. the American Civil War is highlighted by irreconcilable No Paul Paul hates Paul, this part. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to do it because that's the title of this movie. Irreconcilable differences. That's why the American North and the American South went to war with each other, because they could not come to compromise. And those are the things in this film. That's the best part about this film, is spoilers, the end, whenever Iron Man finds out that Winter Soldier killed his parents. That's something that you can't compromise on. That's something that when... Captain America says, no, I forget. He's one of the good guys, or he's my friend, or whatever. And Tony Stark says, I don't care. He killed my mother. Like, that's irreconcilable differences. And that's the heart of the movie. That's the heart of the term Civil War. I agree with that, so, Ian, but that that kind of attitude felt vacant during the big set piece battle which was great and fun and entertaining i just i disagree with that but i agree with at the tag on piece whenever captain america sends him a a love letter and it's it's all good i broke everybody out but it's all cool so i think during in the moment you'd be hard pressed to think that tony wasn't going to kill those dudes i i think that the performance and the way it was written and the tone I felt that somebody was going to not walk out of there. I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like um, Tony got to a point where he wanted to kill Cap. Um, You know, even warned him. I think he would. I thought Um, he would have. But I loved it. Did he shoot him? Dude, I loved it. Because we saw in the trailer Winter Soldier goes in and grabs his energy. um, What's that thing Uh, called? His arc reactor. His arc reactor. And he grabs it. And I thought he was going to crush it. And in fact, I thought he did crush it in the movie when Iron Man blasts his arm off. I thought that it actually crushed at that moment until I could make sense of what happened. And I was like, holy fuck, he blew his arm off. Like I that think that's so not, badass. That's that's somebody that will go to that's any length. Those are the to moments make it right. Agreed. Those are the moments where it felt as intense as it should. It just didn't have that during the airport sequence, and that was, was well. That fun. was a that was a subtle nod to how powerful Iron Man is that we haven't really seen, but we see it through Winter Soldier because the entire movie we see that metal arm going through all kinds of different shit. It's in the press. It's getting shot up. It's you know, it's that arm goes through hell and it's fine, and then Tony just unleashes and blows it off. That's a and great at that point. point. And he can't rip the arc reactor out because it's it's the one thing that he can't fight right. against because it's superior technology. And that leads and, and that so leads strong. to a couple minutes later when it's him and Cap, when he's powering up to hit Cap, and you're like, well, he's gonna fucking kill this dude. And it just adds the drama to that scene. I think that the legs of that scene were cut out 
at the end of the film when we get the like the tag where Cap sends the note and it's all good and we get a little chuckle even though Rhodey's crippled and I <laughs> like I I really if if I'm gonna say that I have a part that I don't like about this film it's how the film ends after the what I feel is a climactic ending scene. Matt, you mentioned the airport scene. I think that that's how you build up to yeah, maybe. how the, the tension that you get. Because at that point, you're not you're not at the final resort. At that point, you're like, I, all right, I, I well, we're going to call in. We're going to call this teenager in to help us here. And we're still cool. And, we're, and we are at this point. We're pulling punches. But at the final moment of the, the, the end fight, we're blowing arms off. We're potentially killing our friends, you know. You were you you were my friend. All that shit. I I thought it was really effective, and I hate how it was uh, the legs were cut out of it from the final scenes where we're like, oh, everything's cool. Um, I don't know if uh, if I agree with that. I don't think that the legs were cut out from under it. That seems like a very cap maneuver to send a note like that. Um, because he never, like, hated Tony in spite of what happened, you know? Mm -hmm. That's still, like, his brother. Um, So I was totally fine with him sending that note, and I think that, like, if a character was going to reach out, it would be Captain America and let him know that he's still here to help. That's fair. So um, if it had been Iron Man sending the note, I would have been like, eh, eh. Do you think... I, I got the feeling from Iron Man's reaction that he might forgive. I don't know. He, I, I mean, don't, maybe I don't, that's just me reading I don't into know it. If, I don't know if they really tell that in right. in that sequence. Um, it's kind of ambiguous. So I got the sense that at the very end, when Infinity War Part 1 starts, they're going to be on the fence with each other still, and there's going to be some weird tension, but the stakes are so big at that point that they've got to all come together and then by the end they'll have the I feel you know, like we should happy get, fun time with each other we should get a movie in between and an Avengers movie in between it's not going to be Thor it's probably not going to be Doctor it, it can't be Doctor Strange because that's completely different from the entire Marvel Universe but it's, I think that we need a, a Avengers movie in between that will kind of bridge the gap because I don't think that you can I don't think that they can make them come together to fight Thanos in one movie and just be like, oh, okay, well, it's cool. What well, is a two-parter, you know? I mean, maybe maybe the, you know, half the Avengers don't show up until well into the, into the film. Could be. Um, so. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about my least favorite and at the same time, favorite part of this movie, Spider-Man. I that didn't hate favorite part. The least favorite was I didn't love the CG of Spider-Man. You could definitely tell from points that it was a little cartoony, rubber band man, if you will. I thought a lot of the CG in the big airport fight looked really bad. Like there were some some really weird running. Like some really goofy, like flipping and stuff. Not not necessarily just Spider Man, but even other characters. I was like, eh, uh-huh, that looks kind of goofy. But 
in the same breath, I say that Spider-Man was overwhelmingly my favorite part of this movie from the moment that they were talking about secret plans and, well, who do you have? Well, my secret plan is downstairs. Where's yours? And I was fucking amped. I was amped to see Queens pop up on the screen. I was so excited whenever they went into Peter Parker's apartment. They were talking to him. They set him up. They set up Peter Parker so quickly and so seamlessly. And you got everything that an entire movie would would take to kind of like set his whole story up. Um, it was re- it was really awesome the way that Peter Parker was handled in this film. It gave us time to really appreciate him as a person, his motivations. You got to see some of his early exploits with some of the early did, footage. Did we understand his motivations? I think we did. I mean, do we not know that if you have great powers and you don't do anything that and people die or people get hurt then it's mm-hmm. your fault doesn't he say something similar to that i don't recall him saying anything like that he um, he alludes to that which is and alluding there's no there's no indication that uncle ben died or no, anything like there's that there's no indication of that but there is it's an allusion to a subtle nod to if, if you, you have do power anything, and you, you don't do anything, anything, you ought to do it. Okay. Yeah. If you're and able, that, you should. And okay. we all know that that's what he's talking about right, right, as right. comic because book Because those Andrew Garfield movies came out two months ago. And, and, yeah. And as movie watchers, so that's the way to kill Uncle Ben off screen, which was a good decision, I think. They don't have to do all that stuff. Yeah. And they can do it still in the movie. I have to agree that... Probably the Spider-Man stuff was my favorite. I think it was handled great. It was awesome. I fucking loved Spider-Man in this. He was great. It was so fucking fun. Yeah. Um, I loved his... Um, I thought that he was genuinely funny. Like, to he me, was funny. To me, that was funny. Deadpool was forced. This was legit funny. Like, I will take Spider-Man humor because over Deadpool in, in humor. In the setting, like, Spider-Man's natural curiosity... When he's like, oh, you've got a metal arm. Like, the, yeah. he was just, and he's talking about, like, Falcon's backpack and everything. Yep. He's just, he's so interested you get, in all of this stuff. He can't help himself. He's so excited. The contrast between hardened veterans of all these wars and battles and interplanetary struggles against a teenager that just wants to help people is super clear there. And that's the heart of Spider-Man. And it was, it was so... It was so youthful and exuberant, energetic, and it was fucking great. Did like, you guys... and it was all the it was all the voice acting for me. Like, yeah, it was really good. I thought it was great. Did you guys ever see that old movie, The Empire Strikes Back? All right, forced or cool? Forced, cool, cool. Forced, even it in was the Marvel cool. universe. Star Wars is large enough. Everyone, everyone, like all he needs to say. You know, you saw The Empire Strikes Back, The Big Walkers. He doesn't need to say that old movie. That's why The Empire Strikes Back is not that old movie. If you cut that old movie out of it, I think it... It's still cool, regardless. I it love shows Brody, him like, he's a young, like, Tony, where did you get this, right, dude? How old is he? Right. That's what led to it. Like, that's what... Right. That and, the it's, joke. and it's forced, because everyone knows what The Empire Strikes Back is. Duh. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So he should have just. But said, he's a young kid, and maybe he exa- doesn't. But to the, him, the it's reference, old. the reference alone, is what the joke is. 
No, no. But is it the reference, or is it like this we is a young dissecting this? But this is like a, we've never dissected anything before. But this is a young kid, and he's like he's a young kid. He's a geek, and he's like maybe these dudes don't know what this is. Like I think that's part of the joke too, dude. I really do. I agree. I liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny the way it all came out. It was fine. Yeah, I, I like I like the scene and everything. Giant Man was super cool. He was. I, he was super cool. I knew everybody he was gonna... joining the team was cool. Like when they put Paul, Paul Rudd out, my my audience got a big fucking cheer, a laugh, a clap. Like I was like, stuff. this is Ant Man. All of Paul Rudd stuff. Second favorite business of the movie Cap, and then Ant Man because I knew at some point he was gonna become Giant Man in this movie. But I forgot about it while I was watching it. I didn't even know it was gonna happen. I never even thought about and it. And then he he says the thing. He's like, "All right, I've got I've got this thing. I can do it. I don't know how long. Cause last time I did it, I passed out, and I was in a secure room. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh fuck, he's gonna be giant man. It's gonna be great. And they did it so well. It wasn't cheesy. It wasn't corny. The way they handled everything in a bit of a slow motion when the camera's moving around him, like everything looked great. It, it worked great. Like, I loved seeing, like, Spider-Man try to corral him by himself. Like, even all the little Ant-Man stuff when, like, we saw it in the trailer when he's on the arrow and he goes into Tony's costume. And, and he's like, what is that? And he's like, it's your conscience. Right. And he's, like, tearing his shit up. So that was, was super so funny. And, like, all the, like, all the comedy in this one. Like, Kumpar, he said something. He was like, mm, the comedy in it. But all the comedy. He didn't like the comedy. Come on. No, he come. He, he was hitting her, hitting, hitting on me. Like oh, I'm not gonna like the comedy. That was one. Thing is that was one of my favorite things because the comedy was understated in this movie. It was the only perfect. time that you got the big hit was honestly when Ant Man or Spider Man were on this. That's when you got jokes, and that's when you own. That's when you need jokes. That emphasizes that Spider Man's a goofy teen that is making wisecracks during combat. I and somebody says so. to him, like, this isn't how it's supposed to go, kid. You're not supposed yeah. to be talking so much. And that's that's funny. That's good. That plays to the characters. I love the bit when Cap and Sharon Carter kiss, and he turns back to the car, and Falcon and Winter Soldier are just sitting in there like, yeah, you get some, boy! <laughs> I liked it when, right before then, when um, Winter Soldier says, can you move your seat up? Yeah. And he's like, no. An understated comedy moment. Cap, Falcon, Black Panther, all in custody. They're driving. Silence. Falcon's like, so you like cats? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Great like, shit, it, man. I mean, I feel like but it wasn't all yucks and cream pies. It, they pulled it all the way back. It was still a fun, yep. Yep. funny mm-hmm. movie, but it wasn't Guardians of the Galaxy. Because the comedy, comedy, was, the comedy was left to... The comedy in in Ultron, I feel like there were there were characters that were making jokes that shouldn't have been making jokes. In Guardians of the Galaxy, there were characters who were the joke intentionally, like Drax, with the you know catching the ball over his head. But he wasn't making a joke. The same so, as Vision with his. I don't know what a pinch of... Uh, right, like, right. That's funny, but he's not yucking it it's the fuck at up. his expense, but he's not making the joke. But in, in Civil War, the right characters were making the right jokes. 
and you know the the jokes that even you know when Cap did something funny, it was Cap. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like oh Cap's oh Cap's shifting into stand up comic mode. <laughs> That's a credit to the writing staff and and the actors. I mean, it, this was. This was a really great movie, so I I guess we should probably put a bow. Did on anyone this thing, right? before we go one last thing? Was anyone confused that they went through the budget to make a young Robert Downey Jr.? It was but weird. It took me a little bit of time to figure an, that. But they couldn't make an old Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark. Well, haven't they been doing that actor as Dominic? Uh, that actor as old Howard Stark for two movies now? I believe they have. I don't I don't remember if they did, I forgot, but He's whenever a soldier. Whenever I was watching that scene, I was like, did I was like, is Howard Stark dead? And then Why did they Tony's change mom got married? I don't know. So they... this is Iron Man's stepdad? I'm like, but why is he so mad that his his stepdad's leaving? Because they... it just didn't make sense to me that this was Dominic Cooper, and then especially after watching two seasons of Agent Carter, Dominic Cooper is Howard, Howard Stark. Stark, and he's very John different. Slattery. Yeah, he's very different than Mad Men guy. Right. But I think they've used him for two film Winter Soldier and maybe something else. Did they use him in Iron Man Three? If he I feel was like in they other did. stuff, no, until he was in Winter Soldier. But did they Beginning also use Winter him Soldier. in Third? No. Okay, I thought it was two movies, but. I could, or two other movies besides Yeah, I'm pretty this, sure but. it was just the two Cap movies. Okay. Yeah, I That's guess a weird move. I guess it's just my bad memory, but if, if you have the capability to make... Um, young Robert young Downey Robert Jr. Robert Downey Jr. and to make young What's-His-Face and Iron Man. And, yeah, I know... Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. And I know Donald Cooper's off filming the atrocious preacher television series. We're going to get to talk about that pretty soon yeah, next week, son. Yeah, we are. I know he's busy, but you can squeeze him in there and age him up a little bit, right? You're fucking Marvel. You're Disney and you're Marvel. I, I mean, think you can money, just do that. With no a, expense. I think you could do that with a little bit of makeup. Um, okay, so final thoughts, Ian. Um, you you loved it. I loved it. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and a little bit more. Give you the tip and a little bit more. The Spider-Man business. I love Is that what we're calling I, it these days? It gave you the Spider-Man, Spider-Man business? business. Holy shit that I love it. I loved Spider-Man. I want to go back to the theaters. If they gave me, if they sold me a ticket to just go see Spider-Man for 10 minutes, 15 oh. minutes, I would go back in and see it. Full price. He was awesome. The weight of the personal struggle between Captain America, Tony Stark, Fucking great. It came to me in a surprising manner. Maybe I'm a dummy, but I know that they showed Winter Soldier kill Tony Stark's family. The car accident, and they telegraphed that all the way through. I'm a dummy. I didn't see it coming. It shocked me, and it made sense. I didn't sen- see that coming either. And it made Also s- a dummy. It made sense. Well, that at makes the three end. of us, because I'm. Nobody saw that dumb. coming? I thought that that held a lot of weight, more weight than I thought was going to have well, associated know, with that final you know, scene. I, I, don't, I don't think we are such dummies. I think they did they did a well enough job gearing that scene to what he was taking out of the trunk. Yeah. That it was about 
those the those blue packets. It was about building these super soldiers. Yeah. That, that that's what the mission was, and we didn't need to know who was driving the car. And that's part of the beauty of this movie is that it starts off, and you're you you think that oh, it's it's this conflict between heroes. Wait, no, it's this villain trying to assemble these super villains. Oh shit, no, it's this small personal conflict between these these heroes that will that cannot be mended together they can't they can't come back together after this and disney will make it happen but until infinity war this was written in a way that emotionally tony stark should never fucking forget or forgive and i love that they did that well written what do we do here we just give numbers yeah all right you're you're rating nine I loved it. It was great. So, can someone explain to me what tech Tony put in Spider-Man's web shooter at the end of the movie? In the second credits? It was his... Singer. It was just like the spider signal. Yeah, but there was a bunch of stuff around it. I'm sure it was moving around it. Yeah. It seemed to have different icons and different meanings. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it was his fucking Apple Watch. I'm sure it was the different Avengers apps that you could... Like, click to get Iron Man or Black Widow or whoever the fuck, or right? Like, do we do we care that know. much about it? I don't know. Like, I think that's what it was. It was like, hey, when you need me, this is also your spider spider signal. But why can't I talk tonight? Spider signal. Spider signal. <laughs> spider signal. Yeah, yeah. But you can also I... contact the Avengers. You can fucking order pizza. Like I got, I like, I thought, I thought that about it, but. It was so fast. I also thought that, you know, this is, this is an advanced piece of tech. And Tony's, Tony's giving Peter some like inside knowledge, like just kind of hiding some greater like Batman type shit, like Tower of Babel Batman shit, where he's got, he's got takedown information on everyone, and he's secretly hiding it with Peter, and Peter doesn't know what he has. Holy shit! I is that never thought of that. No. Never thought of that. Thought it was just like, hey, hey, kid. You want Domino's? Here's your pepperoni and sausage. I bounced all these dudes out. There's an office for you. <coughs> Here's your computer on your fucking belt. <laughs> Matt, go ahead. Right, I, there, was, there was one thing that, that I was a little unclear on at the very end with... Um, well, not the very end, but... When Iron Man asks Captain America, did you know that Winter Soldier killed my parents? He's like, yes, but I was kind of, I was trying to protect you, and maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. I'm like, well, when did he know? When did he find out? Did I miss something? Because he, this is how that, that line of dialogue goes. Tony asks, did you know? And Cap responds, I didn't know it was him, but yeah, I knew. And then Tony asks again. Did you know? And he was like, yes, but I was just trying to protect you. And I feel like he went back on that first statement. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I knew. I knew it was him. That's how I took it. When did he know? When Do we as when an audience Sharon know Carter knows? gave him that uh, packet. Oh, okay. All okay. of that was in there. Okay, got it. So, um, okay, I was just kind of curious about that myself. Now, um, I love this movie as well. Um, I want to see it again because um, 
I want to make sure that I really loved it as much as I think I did. Because um, sometimes shit gets better on your second viewing, and sometimes it comes back to earth a little bit. So let's see what happens. But um, I really think that, you know, I know that we're not looking at this as trilogies now, the Captain America trilogy, kind of like the Dark Knight trilogy. But... Now that I've mentioned both of those trilogies, those are probably the two best trilogies in superhero movies. Um, maybe next to the Blade trilogy, of course. Of course. <laughs> Actually, that would have been a great trilogy if the third movie was good, because the second Blade was really fucking good. Third the movie second has, Blade movie's pretty underrated. The third movie, if it had a better villain, would have been great. <clears throat> better than Dracula. Well, better than that... The dork that got to play him, right? As Dracula. Oh, Dominic Purcell. As sexy Dracula. So, yeah. um, I I think Captain America 1 and 2 are great. Captain America 3 was amazing. It was even better than the first two. When does that happen where the third movie's better than the first two? Um, but I think it happened here. I want to go back and rewatch Winter Soldier, because maybe that's a little... I don't know, maybe it's better. I, I don't think it is. Um, but, holy crap. So good. It was so good. There's not going to be a better movie this summer. Um, this movie is everything that Ultron should have been. Um, it's a nine. It's a fucking nine. <clears throat> I'm going to give it an eight. Because I... You really you loved would. it, but I'm afraid of how much I loved it. That's what like, I'm saying. I kind of want to see it again just to make sure before I give it a nine. That's well, I yeah. Really give it a nine, but the, I mean this. The this thing, thing was really good, but in comparison with Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier was such. Like, it was such an emotional story. You know, it really kept the kept things focused on, the Bucky and Cap relationship, and while this one really stayed focused on Captain America. And it really did. As, as much other shit was happening, uh, you know, all the other Avengers in it, you know, all the different plot lines going going through the movie, it was really Captain America's movie, and they never lost focus of that. And and I loved it. But if I'm gonna give Winter Soldier a nine, which I don't remember if I did or not. Probably not. Not many <clears throat> movies get nines. Right, but I, Deadpool and but that had part. that had a more sincere, more moving heart to it than this one did. You know, I didn't really feel the... There wasn't that emotional Cap Bucky pull in this one. At this point, we know Bucky's gonna be good, Cap's gonna save him, but in Winter Soldier there was just just more more drama with that relationship. I agree with what you said there, but... But you didn't. Surprise. No, no, I did I agree with the fact that there wasn't as much Cap Bucky drama, but I think that there was equal amounts of Cap Tony drama. There was loads which, and loads more Cap Iron Man drama. Which, to be honest, that has more weight because they've shared more screen time exactly. together. They have more history together. His, not not just Steve and Tony, but Dominic Cooper and John Slattery. <laughs> there are so many. Of the Stark family that share. I mean, is Sean Bean in any of these movies? I feel like the Starks are all over Captain America movies. So he has 
a, a long history from even before he met Tony. He was intertwined with his family and had that connection. And I thought that that was played out in that last battle sequence. So, man, I got to give it to Like, they paid off the emotional bit more than I thought that they were ever going to be able to. So I, I gotta give them props. Oh, this is great. And one last thing before we sign off. Black Panther was great. Before this movie, I didn't think there needed to be any Black Panther movie. Now I want more. Um, what's his name? Um, is it truly illogical? No. That's another black guy. Uh, Chatter with both. Yeah, of the Jackie Robinson movie and the James Brown movie. Chadwick Boseman, amazing as T'Challa, amazing as Black Panther. I love the way Black Panther moved, and you didn't hear him land, you didn't hear him run, he was quiet like a cat. Like, I love everything about that character. I wasn't excited about Black Panther movie before this movie, but now... I'm all in. Totally yeah, bulletproof because of the vibranium metal right. on his suit. Right. I don't totally really understand awesome. how he was, how he got his super strength. Uh, but yeah, you know, he was radioactive panther. <laughs> yeah, and and I thought that he was actually the heartbeat of this movie because he had he had similar stakes, and at the end he was able to forgive and make all of that right. Yeah, and the scene with, with Zemo at the end where he prevents him from killing himself. And, you know, <clears throat> yeah, he was fucking great. He was great. Man. I'm excited to see the third phase of Marvel movies. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for hanging out, listening to the Captain America Review DC logo designer talk. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.